Lord Jesus and Heavenly Father, we thank you oh, so much for the many things you've given us, and most of all for the opportunity of salvation that you have available to anyone and everyone that will come to you and humble themselves and repent and turn from their evil ways and accept you as their Lord. Help us to realize the importance of that. Help us to realize the value of that and encourage us to go out and share that with others as well. Thank you oh so much as we pray in Jesus' precious holy name. Amen. Safe in the hands of God. When we are truly born again, we are truly safe in the hands of God. No matter what's going on out there in the world, you can take comfort in knowing that you're safe in the hands of God. He loves you and will look after you, your eternal life in His hands. The blessings for eternity has waiting for you. That's sure. That's secure. That's safe. And our bodies right now in this world, in this realm, we can take assurance and know that we're safe in the hands of God. We will not leave this realm. We will not leave this human body until the Lord allows that to happen. No matter what's going on in the world, no matter how much chaos and turmoil and wars and diseases and earthquakes and pestilences and so forth, no matter what's going on, you're not leaving here until the Lord says you're leaving here. We've got to know that and understand that. Now, can we mess things up and Him decide to take us out of here a little early? Well, yeah, we become disobedient children. The wrath of God can come upon us. He's, and as it says, that if we destroy the temple, He'll destroy the one who destroys the temple. So we have a responsibility as stewards to take care of what He's given us, even our bodies. If we don't appreciate it, if we neglect it, if we abuse it, if we use it to bring dishonor to the Lord instead of honor to the Lord, He might just take us on out of here a little early. Speaks of that in several places. So we've got to remember that as well. So live your life to bring honor and glory to the Lord and take comfort and peace knowing that He's looking out for you. In First John chapter 5, in verse 12, He that hath the Son hath life, and he that hath not the Son of God hath not life. Now this life is eternal life. Everlasting life. When you have the Son, you have that life, and that is sealed permanently. These things have I written unto you that believe on the name of the Son of God, that ye may know that ye have eternal life, and that ye may believe on the name of the Son of God. Believing in Jesus Christ. That's living in Jesus Christ. And this is the confidence that we have in Him, that if we ask anything according to His will, He heareth us. And if we know that He hear us whatsoever we ask, we know that we have the petitions that we desire of Him. If you have the kind of faith that you really need, and you are asking things in the will of the Father, you will get it. It's challenging to have that kind of faith. If you're lacking faith, ask for it. He will begin to grow that in you. And as you mature, the more and more you'll see that faith blooming and growing and, and becoming stronger and stronger. That's available to us. We got that. If we really tap into it, if we really acknowledge it, if we really trust in God and stay in the perfect will of God. In John chapter 10, 
the Lord teaching us here of the security that we have when we're in His hand. In John chapter 10, verse 27, My sheep hear My voice, and I know them, and they follow Me. And I give unto them eternal life, and they shall never perish, neither shall any man pluck them out of My hand. My Father which gave them Me is greater than all, and no man is able to pluck them out of My Father's hand. I and My Father are one. So in that, we can take confidence. We can know that when we become a born-again Christian, that that's permanent. You are permanently a member of the family, never to lose that family connection. You have false teaching out there. I grew up and listening and hearing a lot of false teaching that I have battled all my life. The false teaching is what drew me into the ministry is to go up against so much of the false teaching that's out there. One of the criticisms of the Baptist church that I heard as a youth was, oh, that's those once in grace, always in grace folks. That's those once you're saved, always saved. You can't be believing that. Which was a total lie to teach some child that you have the salvation that can be lost. I was up in Pennsylvania few years ago and looking at various Bible tracts they have at the different shops and stuff and there was one there that said how to keep your salvation. There's a whole track written about how you could keep your salvation by being an obedient Christian. Doesn't work that way. That actually diminishes the value of the finished work of Jesus Christ if it takes your work to get salvation or to keep salvation. So that was a sacrilege to even write such a thing, to teach such a thing that you or anyone else, including the devil, has the ability to take you away from the Father. You can't even do it yourself. Can you become disobedient and get chastised? Sure. Can you get a whooping? Sure. Can you get taken out here completely? Sure. But you're still part of the family. He takes you on home. He says, I'm just going to take you on home because you're just messing up down there, boy or girl, brings you on home. So you don't make things any worse. But that don't mean you get thrown in the lake of fire and get a good whooping, sure. But you're still His. Still sealed. In John chapter 6, verse 27, "...labor not for the meat which perisheth, but for the meat which endureth unto everlasting life, which the Son of Man shall give unto you. For Him hath God the Father sealed." Us, the one that works and works for the right treasure, the Lord has sealed. God has sealed us. And that's a seal that cannot be broken. cannot be broken by anyone or anything. Just like it teaches us over there in Romans chapter 8, verse 35. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation, or distress, or persecution, or famine, or nakedness, or peril, or sword... As it is written, for thy sake we are killed all the day long. We are accounted as sheep for the slaughter. Nay, in all things we are more than conquerors through him that loved us. For I am persuaded that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor depth, nor any other creature shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord.
That love is permanent. That love is sealed. That love is eternal. Nothing can separate us from that. Nothing can separate us from being a part of the family. Like I've emphasized already, you can be messed up as a disobedient child and lose some rewards, sure, but you're still part of family. That's the key. Once you make that connection, that connection is permanent. Does that mean you can just go off and do whatever you want and be just as disobedient as you want? Well, if you do go off and do whatever you want and be disobedient as that you want, then you weren't saved to begin with because you didn't have a desire to please the Lord. If that was your intention when you came to the Lord, okay, I'm going to get this process done, go through this ritual, then I just go out here and be as wild as I want and the Lord will put up with me until it's time for Him to take me home, then... That's the wrong attitude in the very beginning. When you truly come to the Lord, want to be a part of His family, you have a sincere, deep-down desire to please the Lord. Does that mean you always will? Not necessarily. Sometimes we lose that tug-of-war. Sometimes the flesh gets up in us. Sometimes the flesh wins. We go back into some of the sinful ways. We do some things that are selfish to please ourselves or to please others instead of pleasing God. And we mess up. But take it back to the Lord and ask forgiveness. Get back on the right track to bring honor and glory to the Lord, not disgrace, not dishonor. And know that when you really and truly, sincerely become a born-again Christian, that is sealed. You can have that confidence. You can know that you have eternal life. Like it's set up there in 1 John chapter 5, These things have I written unto you that believe on the name of the Son of God that ye may know that you have eternal life. So we have the Word right here. We have the Word of God. We can study it. And between the Word of God and the Holy Ghost, He's going to give you that assurance, that assurance of your salvation, that assurance of your relationship with God, that close personal relationship where you can call Him Daddy or Papa. Like it says, Abba in the Word of God, which means Daddy or Papa. That was not available to mankind in general since the fall of Adam and Eve. That was only available after the finished work of Jesus Christ when the veil of the temple was rent from top to bottom like we were reading about in Sunday school. Then that was opened up. Then that kind of relationship, a close personal relationship with the Heavenly Father was then available by the finished work of Jesus Christ. And when you have that, that's permanent. That's always sealed. So stay in the perfect will of the Lord so you can bring honor and glory to Him and receive the many blessings that He has in store for you that you can utilize now and for eternity. In John chapter 6, verse 37, All that the Father giveth me shall come to me, of course, Jesus Christ speaking, and him that cometh to me, I will in no wise cast out. In no wise cast out. So that means once you're in, once he's got you, he's never going to throw you out. Will he whoop you? If you get bad, sure he'll whoop you. He'll whoop you real good. We've all had those whoopings. All had those slaps upside the head. All had those attention getters. All had things come upon us that, like, why did this happen? Well, you may have brought it on to yourself because you've been disobedient. 
Now don't take that and go the other way and say, boy, everything that comes upon you is because of your disobedience. No, there's many things that come upon you, the hardships, challenges, and so forth that come upon you for other reasons. It's got nothing to do with your disobedience. So don't tie one to the other. Because things come upon us that give us experiences that we can then use to help someone else. Some things come upon us. Some hardships come upon us to grow us spiritually, to strengthen us, and to be able to draw us closer to God. So always look very carefully at whatever hardship that you may be having. Whatever challenge it is, whatever obstacle it is, look very closely at it. Pray, Lord, reveal to me why is this going on, what is going on. Help me to understand it. Help me to learn from it. Help me grow from it. And help me to share with others my experience. So whether it is by opportunity for you to grow or whether it is by chastisement because you did something wrong, both of those will lead you to be able to draw closer to God and have experiences that you can share with others. But through all that, we can still take confidence in knowing that we are sealed. We are part of the family. As it says back over there in Romans chapter 8, and verse 14, For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. So when you become a born-again Christian, you're indwelt with the Holy Ghost and He leads you, He guides you. That only is available to the born-again Christians. And that's evidence that you are God's. In Romans chapter 8, verse 15, For ye have not received the spirit of bondage, again, to fear, but ye have received the spirit of adoption, whereby we cry, Abba, Father. That precious term of endearment, because He has adopted us into His family. Verse 16, The Spirit itself beareth witness with our spirit that we are the children of God. Isn't that awesome? He brings you back to life spiritually. Because prior to being born again Christian, you are spiritually dead. You are body and soul and dead spirit. When you trust in Jesus Christ, the Holy Ghost comes into you, bringing your spirit back to life. You then become a trinity. Father, Son, and the Holy Ghost, we become body, soul, and spirit. Because we're created in the image of God, we become more like God. And then that spirit that He brings back to life, the Holy Ghost constantly communicates with and is in constant communication with the Heavenly Father. By the pathway of the finished work of Jesus Christ, that has become available. As the Spirit itself beareth witness with our spirit, that communion that we have with the Holy Ghost is continuous. Sometimes we might squelch that. Sometimes we might turn the volume down. Sometimes we might even bind the Holy Ghost, gag Him, throw Him in the back seat, decide to drive the vehicle of our lives ourselves, and you're going to wind up in a ditch. You need to get Him back up there in the driver's seat, and you need to get in the back seat and hang on for the ride. Because the Spirit itself beareth witness with our spirit that we are the children of God. And if children, then heirs, heirs of God, and joint heirs with Christ. If so be that we suffer with Him, that we may be also glorified together. Glorified with Jesus Christ for eternity. Glorified for being part of the family. Glorified for doing the will of the Lord. All of that is available to us. And we've got to know it's by the power of the Holy Ghost that we can tap into. He gives us that indwelling Spirit of the Holy Ghost when we truly trust in Him 
And when we follow His commandments, the two great commandments primarily, that is to put God, number one, with all your existence and to love others as yourself. Share in what the Lord has given you. That's part of that. In verse, excuse me, in John chapter 14, verse 15, If ye love me, keep my commandments, and I will pray the Father, and He shall give you another comforter, that He may abide with you forever. Not just as long as you're obedient and doing exactly what I want you to, and if you don't do it, then I'm going to pull the Holy Ghost out of you and I'm going to throw you in hell. No. But that's what false teachers have taught and still teach today. That you can lose your salvation because of your disobedience. doesn't work that way. The Holy Ghost comes into you forever. Does that always mean that you have an excellent relationship and communion with the Holy Ghost? Not necessarily, because you can mess that up. Because you can quit listening to Him. You can upset Him. But don't upset Him. Don't quit listening to Him. Get it prayed up. Pray. Humble yourself. Come to the Lord. Ask forgiveness. Ask for guidance. And ask for the ability to hear Him when He's speaking to you. And I will pray the Father, and He shall give you another Comforter, that He may abide with you forever, even the Spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive, because it seeth Him not, neither knoweth Him, but ye know Him, for He dwelleth with you, and shall be in you. With us and in us. I will not leave you comfortless, I will come to you. Yet a little while in the world's, Seeth me no more, but ye see me, because I live, ye shall live also. At that day ye shall know that I am in my Father, and ye in me, and I in you. He that hath my commandments and keepeth them, he it is that loveth me, and he that loveth me shall be loved of my Father, and I will love him, and will manifest myself to him. He is going to reveal himself to us, By way of the power of the Holy Ghost, He is going to give us that indwelling Spirit of truth, that truth so that we can know the will of the Father, that truth so that we can see the things that He has given us, the various opportunities He has given us, the blessings that are available there to us through utilizing those opportunities to bring honor and glory to the Lord. And over in 2 Corinthians Chapter 1, in verse 21 and 22, here he's referring to the relationship of the apostles, specifically Paul and the church at Corneth. But we can learn here about the seal, where he reads in verse 21, Now, he that establisheth us with you in Christ and hath anointed us is God who hath also sealed us and given the earnest of the Spirit in our hearts. That seal is what we have. As you find that in 1 Corinthians chapter 1 and verse 21 and 22. There again, mentioning that seal. Mentioning that we are sealed when we become part of the family of God, just like Paul was talking there to the church of Corinth, how they were sealed. Those that are out there doing the work are born-again Christians. They're sealed by God. All of us have been given that opportunity to come in and be a part of the family, be sealed by God, and go out and be the workers. Be those that can spread the gospel. It's available to all of us. Each and every one of us have a separate circle of influences. Each and every one of us have an opportunity to build upon the foundation of Jesus Christ, as it says over in 1 Corinthians chapter 3. 
Here we find some very interesting words about being those builders. We have that opportunity. That's why we're still here. Otherwise, He done took us away from here. Otherwise, when He would bring you into the family, He would bring you all the way, take you on up to the family home up in heaven. But He doesn't. He leaves us down here for an opportunity to work, to be able to do a task, to be able to influence others. That separate circle of influence that every one of us has. Over in 1 Corinthians chapter 3, talking about that foundation, talking about how we need to pay very strict attention to what we are doing, what we are saying. Every single word that we have spoken since the time we were born again to the time of judgment is going to be looked at. What did you do with the opportunity of life I gave you after I brought you into the family is going to be looked at. What did you do with it? What did you say? Where did you go? What did you do? Everything's going to be looked at. In 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 11, For other foundation can no man lay than that is laid, which is Jesus Christ. That's our starting point. That's the foundation. He brings us onto the crew. We're a part of the crew of builders. Now, if any man build upon this foundation, gold, silver, precious stones, wood, hay, or stubble, every man's work shall be made manifest, for the day shall declare it, because it shall be revealed by fire, and the fire shall try every man's work of what sort it is. That's a very important verse. Your work is misunderstood a lot by people. They think, well, okay, I got to be a volunteer here or a volunteer there. I got to be part of the ministry. I got to get into the ministry. I got to be a preacher. I got to be a teacher. I got to do this or that, and that considered work. Your work is anything and everything that you say, everything that you do, every moment of your existence from the time you're born again to the time of judgment. That's your work. Everywhere and everything is your work. So look at that. Look at everything that you're doing, everything that you're saying, every influence that you have on somebody else. That is your work. No matter how deeply involved in the ministry you are or spreading the gospel or how insignificant you might think it is, the Lord has a place, a purpose for all of us. And no work is insignificant. Every man's work shall be made manifest. It's all going to be revealed. Everything that we've done is going to be looked at. It's going to be judged. It's going to be tried by fire. For the day shall declare it, because it shall be revealed by fire, and the fire shall try every man's work of what sort it is. If any man's work abide, which he hath built thereupon, he shall receive a reward. Praise the Lord there. Let us know that when we do things right, we're going to get rewards for it. Rewards that we can utilize in the coming millennial period and enroll that over into the eternal state. If any man's work shall be burned, he shall suffer loss. That's a scary one there. Well, let's look at that. What would be burned up in that list? He said, gold, silver, precious stones, wood, hay, and stubble. Well, the gold, silver, and precious stones are not going to be burned up by fire. But the wood, hay, and the stubble would that wood, hay, and the stubble are the works that you did that were for your own glory or that were done out of selfishness or that were done out of just plumb ignorance. 
There's things that we do that we think we're doing a good thing, but we're not because we don't know enough to, to do what's right. That's why we need to study it. We need to study it to show ourselves approved unto God, a workman that needeth not be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. It's when you really look into it and you can look at the word of God and divide it in the right way, utilize it in the right way, and be a workman that you won't be ashamed come day of judgment. As if any man's work shall be burned, he shall suffer loss. But he himself shall be saved, yet so as by fire. That's the encouraging words there, that no matter what's happening, what's going on, whether you're doing it right or wrong, you're sealed, you're saved, even if you are blundering and messing up and getting it wrong, you're still going to be saved. Verse 16, Know ye not that ye are the temple of God, and that the Spirit of God dwelleth in you. Because that goes back to that process when you become born again. The Holy Ghost moves into you, stays there all the time. Therefore, you become a temple of God. You should take care of that temple. You should adorn that temple properly. Not trash that temple. Not neglect that temple or abuse that temple. Know ye not that ye are the temple of God and that the Spirit of God dwelleth in you? If any man defile the temple of God, him shall God destroy. For the temple of God is holy, which temple ye are. That's scary stuff there. If you mess up enough, He's going to take you out of here. I think that sounds pretty harsh. Well, He knows you're just messing up. You're doing things that's going to hurt your eternal rewards. You start eating those up because when you were doing a good work, you started gaining rewards. You start doing bad things, your rewards start getting eat up. And he might see that you're starting to eat up those rewards because you're doing something bad. He says, well, I'm going to take you out of here before you eat up all your rewards and just take us on out of here. If a good slap upside the head, if a little bit of attitude adjustment don't do it, it's, I'm taking you home before you mess everything up and you come to, come to judgment day and not have any rewards at all. He wants us to have rewards. He wants us to have as much as He can possibly give. He gives us a great big buffet. And we need to come up to that buffet of rewards and blessings and just gorge ourselves, just eat all we possibly can. Don't go up to it with one of them tiny little dishes and say, well, I just want a sample of this over here and that over there because I'm on a diet and I'm afraid I might get fat. Wrong attitude to have when it comes to the buffet of God. You need to come up there and want to gorge and have as much as possible. Feed on that because it's right there. He's beckoning us to come in, to receive it, and to do it right, to use that properly, to build upon the foundation of Jesus Christ the gold, the silver, the precious stones, so that when it comes judgment day, it's not going to be burned up. So how do we do all this? We've got to pray without ceasing. We've got to listen to the Lord and then get out there and do what He wants us to do. Live our lives in a God-glorifying way. Listen up to the Holy Ghost. Do exactly what He wants you to do with the time that you have left on this planet. Because we look around, we see the signs of the times. We don't know how much longer it's going to be until He comes back and gets us. 
It's a lot going on. A lot of scary stuff out there. But like I said earlier, we shouldn't be bound by the fear. We can be fearless because we're sealed. We know what we have to look forward to for eternity. To be with the Heavenly Father. To be with the Son. To be with the Holy Ghost for eternity on that beautiful, big, brand new earth He has planned for us. These things have I written unto you that believe on the name of the Son of God that ye may know that ye have eternal life. And no man is able to pluck them out of my Father's hand. It says, For God the Father hath sealed us. Sealed us permanently. Rejoice in that. Take comfort in that. And then do everything you can to please the Father. So that we can hear those words, Well done, thou good and faithful servant. Let's pray. Lord Jesus and Heavenly Father, we thank You oh so much for the many, many things You give us each and every day. There's so many opportunities. Help us all keep our eyes open. Give us all the boldness to step up and proclaim You as our Lord and Savior every opportunity that comes our way. Thank You oh so much as we pray in Jesus' precious holy name. Amen. Thank you all.